0: Thank you for listening to The Life Church of Kansas City, Missouri. Consider supporting by giving at tlckcmo.com, subscribing, and sharing this message with your friends. God bless you. So I'm reading this morning from Genesis chapter 22. Genesis 22, beginning with verse 5, and we're so glad again for everyone that is here, and we miss over half of our congregation that's with us online right now. Everybody turn to a camera over there or a camera over there and just wave. We miss you guys. We love you. We can't wait to see you back. We're praying for you, and we uh, miss you so much today. Genesis 25, verse 1, now it came to pass After these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham. And he said, here I am. Then God said, take now your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains that I will tell you. So Abraham rose early. Don't miss that. In the morning. And now I want to just read one verse from Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews 11:1 11, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And then just verse 2. For by it or by their faith the elders obtained a good testimony. Amen. Faith is the substance. That means the reality. In other words, it's got to be real before it happens or it's not faith. You got to see it, feel it, act like it or it's not faith. Everybody can have faith after it happens, but that's not really faith. That's, That's just a reaction. Faith is... Believing God like it's reality before it happens. The evidence of things not seen, that word means confidence. We have a confidence. Someone said once, This is God's faith. You know, we have faith, but God has faith. You know, where does God place his faith? In himself. He told Abraham, When I could swear by no better, I swore by myself. I, I gambled on myself, I bet on myself. And when you have God's faith, you have a confidence that something is going to happen. And so on this third Sunday of the new year, I want to challenge your faith today on a subject I'm going to entitle Prophetic Acts of Faith. Prophetic Acts of Faith. And everybody's going to help me preach by saying amen at least one time may be seated. Thank you for that, amen. That really encourages me today. So, our theme this year for 2022 is building a New Testament church. Building a New Testament church. Everything that we are, everything that we believe, everything that we do, everything that we embrace. We want it to be right out of the first century church. Which is recorded for us in the book of the Acts of the Apostles. So that is our theme. That is our destiny. And that is what we are moving toward this year. Today is day 16 of 40 days of fire. And today is also month 35 of finishing strong next month being the last month of finishing strong, a 36 month capital stewardship campaign. So my goal today in the next few minutes is to touch our spiritual theme, building a New Testament church, touching our 40 days of fire, taking the journey that Batterson is writing and helping us. And then also to somehow encapsulate what God is doing right now through finishing strong as we come to the finish line. In the message that we gave you Wednesday night, it was recorded. We uh, deferred to everyone's safety and health and did not have service here in, in person. But I hope that you took time to watch the message And I identified one of our foundation stones in the New Testament church as the stone called consecration. How many took the time to watch the the service? You are the real godly, righteous, holy and spiritual people in this church. And we thank you for taking the time to watch that. And you can always go back. It's on our social media platforms. But there is another foundational stone right next to the stone called consecration. And that would have to be the stone called faith. Everybody say faith. Everything begins in the kingdom of God with faith. The Bible says without faith, it's impossible to even please God. But the good news is you already have it. Because the Bible says to every man, which is not gender specific, it just means humankind, is given the measure of faith. I got faith, you got faith, all God's children got faith. Amen. Even if they're not the children of God by salvation, they are the children of God by creation. And John 1, 9 says, Jesus Christ is the light that lighteth every man that cometh into the world. And I want you to know there is light in you and it is the light of Jesus Christ. No matter your level of obedience, no matter your level of maturity in your walk with God, it doesn't matter if you've never opened a Bible in your life. You have light, you have the measure of faith, and whatever you need today for God to do, what He wants to do in your life and what you want Him to do, the faith is already there. You didn't even know that, did you? You're better than you thought you were. So Hebrews chapter 1, chapter 11, rather, says that by faith, the elders, that means the patriarchs and even the New Testament patriarchs, that the elders received a good report. Everybody say a good report. Don't you like a good report? Faith and a good report go hand in hand in the scripture And in the lives of God's people. For example, in Acts chapter six, the seven men that were uh, appointed by the church and ordained by the apostles to serve in the daily ministration, uh, the Bible says they were full of faith and they had a good report among the people. So if your life is lived by faith, you will become faithful. People who operate in faith become faithful. And when you are faithful, you will obtain a good report with God. And you will also obtain a good report among your community, your workplace, your your family, your, your neighborhood. If you have faith, you will be faithful. And if you are faithful, you will have a good report. Everybody say a good report. Now, the author of Draw the Circle, Mark Batterson, made this statement. He said, the more we pray, the more prophetic we become. I like that. But then he hit us with the next phrase that is a little bit hard to swallow. He said, the less we pray, the more pathetic we become. So let me get this right. If I don't want to be pathetic, then I need to have a prayer life so that I can become prophetic. How many'd rather be prophetic than pathetic? Yeah. And the secret is through prayer. And I think Patterson's right. We are a prophetic people. I have to stress that to you today. We're not just living day to day, we're not just living hand to mouth. We are not pathetic, but we are prophetic. Everybody say prophetic. How do I know this? Because the Holy Ghost... That we feel in this house that we are filled with today is a prophetic spirit. The nature of the Holy Spirit, amen, is powerful. The nature of the Holy Spirit is not a goosebump machine. It's not, you know, a woo, you know. That's not what it is. The Holy Ghost is a powerful spirit. Is this is it a pinch of the presence of God? You couldn't handle all of God you would explode. It's just enough to let you know he's there, to let you know he's the comforter, to let you know he's the guide that leads and directs into all truth. The Holy Spirit, when you get filled with the Holy Spirit, my friend, amen. God is filling you with the spirit that wrote the word. Hallelujah. This is a we are a prophetic people because we preach a prophetic book. I'm not preaching Aesop's fables. I'm not I'm not preaching Mother Goose rhymes. I'm not preaching Encyclopedia Britannica. Amen. I'm not even peach preaching Mark Batterson draw the circle. I'm drawing the eternal word that's forever settled in heaven. I'm preaching a word that when heaven and earth passes away, the word of God will not pass away. These words, the Bible says that Jesus said that I speak. They are spirit and they are life. We are a prophetic people. The church that we are a part of has a prophetic destiny. How many used to shop at Sears? Well, I'm glad you got in while they were still in operation. (laughs) And how many saw that Macy's is closing here in Lee's Summit at Summit Fair? I'm like, what? They just built that thing like 10 years ago and it's closing. And, you know, I think Walmart's here for a while and I think McDonald's is here for a while. (laughs) But restaurants have closed and somebody told me that, uh, Brother Terry, what's the name of that? Plowboys. Plowboys closed. Somebody told me that. That's like, that can't be the will of God. What's the deal? Can I tell you something? Powboys doesn't have a prophetic destiny. Sears never had a prophetic destiny. Walmart is probably here to stay, but it doesn't have a prophetic destiny. But you and I are part of something today that has been prophesied, that has a destiny. It can't be destroyed. It can't can't be overturned. Amen. The church is never going to shut down. The only thing that's going to shut the church down in this world is when God takes the church out of this world. And I still believe in the soon coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is the prophetic ultimate destiny. Of the church. This world is not my home, the old song says. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me from heaven's open door, and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Let me tell you something. The Bible says some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. The name of the Lord is forever established and it is settled in heaven, and we are in the the church and Jesus Himself said that even the gates of hell cannot prevail against the church. The greatest enemy, called Satan Himself, cannot shut down the church. He can't destroy the church. He can't close the church because we're prophetic. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost getting exciting. Is here? Is it going to be an Arrowhead about seven thirty tonight? It ought to be more exciting in here. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Woo. Just had to throw that in. <laughs> just, so you, just so that you know, I'm not so heavenly minded, I'm not of any earthly good. <laughs> oh, I'm having too much fun today. So, what's the message? God ordained his church to overcome, to conquer, to be victorious. So if I want to overcome, if you want to conquer, if we want to be victorious, stay in the church. Stay with the body of Christ. Take the journey. Don't quit. Don't quit. If you quit, if you give up, if you abandon, you're no longer prophetic. You no longer have a destiny that you're going to like. Everybody has a destiny, but you're not going to like the destiny for those that are not born again in the kingdom of God. But can I tell you, if you are born again of the water and the spirit and you walk with Jesus Christ and he is your Lord and Savior, you are going to like this journey. You are going to enjoy this path and you are going to like what's at the end of it. Hallelujah. You're going to like it. You're going to love it. And that is our hope today. So stay in the church and you will go somewhere. Stay in the church. You will become somebody for God. Stay in the church and your destiny is already set in stone. Come on, turn to somebody and say, it's set in stone. It's set in stone. It's set in stone. What stone is that? What stone am I talking about? I'm talking about the stone that Peter preached in Acts chapter 4 that was set aside by the Old Testament Jewish builders. But then he said that stone they set aside has become front and center and it is the head of the corner. I'm talking about the stone who Paul called the chief cornerstone. That is the first stone that was placed in the foundation of the apostolic church that you and I are a part of today. I'm talking about the stone that the prophet Daniel saw cut out of the mountain without hands that was rolling down the mountain. Hallelujah. And then the prophet said, if you'll fall on that stone, it'll save you. But if that stone falls on you, it will destroy you. I'm so glad I fell on that stone when I repented of my sins. I fell on that stone when I got baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of my sins. I fell on that stone when he filled me with the baptism of the Holy Ghost and the Spirit of God is moving in this place today. Hallelujah. Amen. And that's not all that Daniel saw when that stone, you may be seated. Listen, you got to get this. The church is prophetic and the church has a destiny. And let me tell you something. We have a role to play in the last days, not just the superpowers, you know, America and Russia and China. Amen. The church is a superpower. The church of the living God is on the stage of the end times. Don't make any mistake about that. We're not going to take a back seat to what God has planned in these last days. And Daniel saw the image, Nebuchadnezzar's image, the head of gold and the chest of silver and the thighs of brass and the legs of iron and the feet of iron and clay. And God revealed this to him as the the summation of the Gentile empires. He said, you, O Nebuchadnezzar, Babylon is the head of gold. and, And then the Media Persian empire was the chest of silver and the Grecian empire that conquered them was the thighs of brass. And the Roman Empire that conquered the Greeks was the iron iron legs and then a mixture, and our associate pastor told us what that is, and I don't have time to unpack that today, of iron and clay. It means this powerful, this descending, not ascending, but decrescendo, not crescendoing, but decrescendoing, gold down to iron, A, a, a a declension, a decline in power and purity and value until finally its foundation is so fragile because oil, uh, because clay and iron do not mix that the foundation is going to be so fragile. Daniel saw that stone that was coming down the mountain and it's going to hit the base of those Gentile empires in this world today. The last one being the empire of the Antichrist who's alive in the world today. I'm throwing a lot at you right now, but I'm just trying to tell you that stone is going to take down every man-made piece of junk. It's going to take down every empire that was built on human power and greed and using up people. Hallelujah. And the kingdom of God is going to be alive on this earth for a thousand years during the reign of Jesus Christ and he's going to have it on this earth the way that he wants it. We talk about social justice today. Let me tell you, when social justice is never going to be a reality. We can do what we can. I walked by a broken down man the other day when I was in Tulsa. I had $5 in my pocket. He asked me for spare change. I gave it to him. I don't know if I made a difference in his life or not. I had to keep moving. But maybe I eased a little pain and maybe bought him a meal. I hope he didn't blow it on drugs or alcohol. But I'm just saying that social justice will never be handled until Jesus Christ is sitting in the temple in Jerusalem and he is ruling and reigning. Hallelujah. That's when every mountain is going to come down and every valley is going to come up and every crooked place is going to be made straight. Like John said, he's going to set the order of the world. Oh. We're a part of that destiny. Let me calm myself down. Man. Make sure I'm connecting today communicating. Everybody said amen. amen. So Abraham is the father of the faithful. When we meet him in the scripture, his name is Abram. When God starts talking to him, it's Abram. It means high father. Now it doesn't mean, you know, high father. It's like exalted father. And God changes his name. And I love how he does this. He changes his name from Abram to Abraham, meaning father of many nations. So God didn't like radically change his name. You don't need to say, okay, Abram, I'm going to start calling you William. You know, or Theodore. (laughs) No, he took a piece of his name. It's like he modified it and took it to a whole new level. That's a message for us. That's what God does. When we give our lives to him, he doesn't destroy everything that we are. He takes the gifts and everything that we have and and he just multiplies it and takes it to a new place. In fact, I was speaking to some leaders on uh, Friday night in Oklahoma City and I was talking about there's a mentality of scarcity versus a mentality of abundance and fear drives scarcity and faith drives abundance. And uh, when I walked in this morning, and I heard brother that brother Philip Talbot back in our sound booth and his sweet wife Caitlin, they've got a, a what, a two-year-old and a one-year-old. And now they just found out that they don't have a scarcity mentality. They have an abundance mentality because they're having twins. Yeah. <laughs> we celebrate. Church. Hallelujah. Amen. Two more disciples that are going to serve the Lord. Two more disciples, Greg and Amber, in the new children's wing. Praise God. Amen. Abraham means the father of many nations, and he had no sons. Abraham is. Living in a contradiction, a paradox. He's living a conundrum for 25 years. No son. But he's the father of the faithful. So God calls him out of Ur of the Chaldees. He calls him away from his family, his surroundings, his career as an idol maker. He calls Abraham and he says, everywhere you place your foot, I'm going to sh- give it to you. Abraham is the father of the faithful. Ha. Abraham is living a prophetic life. Everywhere he walks, it's a prophetic act of faith. Ha, ha. Amen. He has no son he has no permanent home. He's he's a nomad. He's living in a tent. He gave up a nice house and a beautiful career. And God calls him out and Abraham doesn't have a Bible. He doesn't have a pastor. He doesn't have an elder. He doesn't have anybody to run this by. Hello? All he hears is an audible voice of an invisible God. Would you give up everything? You you don't get to be called the father of the faithful for sitting there like a toad on a log. When God speaks... If you sit there, you don't get to become, amen, prophetic. But if God speaks, even if you feel foolish, even if you feel ridiculous, even if your family says you're crazy to give up that job and to walk away from us and to go out to a foreign country that you don't know anything about. My friend, how do you get to be called the father of the faithful? It's when you obey the Lord. Amen. And you don't wait around to obey the Lord. The Bible said he arose the next morning. You know why some of us have not been faithful? Because God spoke and we still haven't obeyed him. And we're in month 35 of finishing strong. And there's still a million and a half dollars somewhere out there that we committed to the Lord. And I don't know what it is. And I don't feel bad toward anybody at all. And if you're a guest here today, forgive me. Because the day, once a month, we talk about finishing strong. It's on third Sunday. And you are there. <laughs> I don't preach angry. I don't preach frustrated. But I got to tell you, I haven't been frustrated with anybody, but I'm thinking, God, I'm walking in a paradox here. Lord, I'm I'm in a contradiction. Lord, you told us 3.2 million. We all prayed. We all signed commitment cards. In fact, I've got them right here. I've got the cards. I pray over these babies. I keep them close in my office where I can reach over. And I don't look through them, but I just grab them and I say, God, amen, these are your people that are walking in a contradiction. Prediction. We don't know how we're going to do it. But I'm going to tell you something. One of our brothers today, he texted me. He said, finishing strong changed our lives. That's what he said. I can't tell you how that blessed me today. Finishing strong changed our lives. And I think some of us can say that. Because when we give and we trust the Lord. And when God speaks and we obey him. That's how you become a faithful person. That's how you become prophetic in predicting your future. Amen, amen. Oh, ho, ho. Man. I got a good sermon to preach, but I'm all over the place. He went out. The Bible says Abraham went out, not knowing where he was going. How do you get to be called the father of the faithful? You step out. If God only gives you one word, you just step out on that word. See, some of us, we want the whole enchilada before we take a chance. Just look straight ahead. You know who you are. We want every dot, I dotted and every T crossed and we want all the answers and Abraham goes out not knowing where he's going. You know what? We did that. Those of you that were with us in the year 2000 when we sold that old building, man, I was all excited We sold the building. Woo! It was at a dead end road. Nobody could find it. Only people that find the church are the people that wanted to find it. Nobody ever drove by it. There was a big old dump, trash dumpster in front of it. What sort of a message is that? When you pulled into our street, Jennifer can't trail. You were raised there. That's why you turned out so good. And uh, we're glad to have Zach and Jen and. The only Holy Trinity I believe in, their children, we're glad that they're here. <laughs> Amen, let's give the sportsman a hand. They're here on deputation from Rwanda, Africa. <laughs> we sold the building. I'm like, Who, who's gonna buy this thing? Who in the world is gonna buy this church? And a pastor knocks on my door. He said, I heard there's a church for sale. I got my church board in the van. Can we come in and look at your building? two days after we cast vision to relocate. Don't tell me that wasn't prophetic. That was God. That was not pathetic. That was prophetic. We're living this, people. We've been living this. We went out. I had a pastor call me up and said, I heard you sold your church. I said, that's right. He said, what are you going to do? I said, trust God and go out, not knowing where we're going. We're going to go out. He said, man, I'm scared for you. Well, that never crossed my mind. He said, you're going to lose your whole church. That never crossed my mind. You know what? It put a seed of fear in my spirit. And I started praying against that thing. And I don't know what you think about this. And I'm going to be real careful right now. But I went to a service. It was not an apostolic sort of a church service. But I went to hear a big time TV preacher preach. Because I got two VIP passes. I thought it would be fun. I looked over here and there was a bunch of Kansas City Chiefs. And I looked over here and there's a bunch of Kansas City Royals. And I looked back there and there was Joe Carter, the only Major League Baseball player who ever hit a home run to win game seven of a World Series. And he's speaking in tongues. And the, the man that preached, if I called his name, you would know it very well. He prayed over three, he prophesied over three people. And I watched him pray over two people, and I had my head down. He said, "You sir, come forward." And he's in the microphone, and he said, "You sir in the blue shirt." I looked on and I said, "Man, I got a blue shirt on." Oh. <laughs> and everybody he prayed for fell out. They had catchers and blue, you know, blue uh, blankets. He's going to pray for <laughs> me. <laughs> I got a blue shirt. I look up. He's standing right for me to Brother Vidal. Good to see you today, Brother Vidal. We prayed you here. We're glad you're back. He's been through a big physical battle. And uh, he said, put your Bible down. I thought, okay, I'm going to let you pray for me, but I ain't going down like a two by four. (laughs) I don't do that. He put the mic down. Here's exactly what he said. He spoke prophetically, and it was a word from God. He said, what you are attempting to do is magnificent, and the Lord is in it. And some recently have tried to discourage, if not so, seeds of fear and doubt. He said, God is removing all of that right now, and the sure hand of the Lord is upon you to accomplish this task. And here we are. Here we are. (laughs) Why? Because we're a people of prophetic destiny. Amen. Listen, this is why we pray, so we can become prophetic. Isn't it exciting to get up in the morning and pray and see if God will have a word for you, if God will give you a divine appointment, if God will set your feet somewhere where you can impact someone, where you can make a difference? This book is full of story after story. And what God has done for him, he certainly will do for you everybody okay so let me rush to a close I believe in prophetic acts of faith in fact I don't know if you realize this or not but us even being here today is an act of faith. We're all taking a chance. But we want to be here. We want to be here. And we don't want anybody not here to feel bad. But it's an act of faith. What, what is a prophetic act of faith? It's stepping out with an action. An observable, measurable action and let me tell you something. Most of those actions, you will feel foolish. You will feel like you're in a conundrum. What was I thinking? What, when I did this, somebody might have had regrets. I don't know why I wrote that number down. Can I tell you something? There's still 3.2 million in God's bank, and I know we only got 60 days to go. We're less than that, 30, really. But if God said it, He said it. Now, I don't know about you, but my wife and I are on track. Nothing, no miracles, no big, nobody's written us a big check. We're just given out of our budget. We're just giving faithfully like most of us. But you know what? There's a lot of ways that God can bless you besides people writing you checks. But I believe in that too. Amen. I believe in that too. God can bless you with health, with strength, with people around you that encourage you and strengthen you. Amen. There are spiritual (laughs) blessings and favor of God that God can, that are priceless. It's, what is a prophetic act? It's, It's Jesus making two mud balls. And he says, go wash in the pool of Siloam. You mean this blind man's got a trip and stumble and fall all the way down to the pool he walks by five other pools but he's got to go to Siloam yeah and if he sits there he's going to die a blind man but if he gets up every step is prophetic and it's prophesying his healing and he washes and the Bible said he came back seen (laughs) It's the four lepers outside the city of Samaria. Listen, this is a word for somebody. They didn't have anything to lose. And maybe you feel like you don't have anything to lose. So it's time to change your behavior because you can't keep doing the same thing and expect a different result. And they said, if we sit here, we're going to die. But if we go into the camp of the Syrians, they got a roastery chicken on the grill right now. They've got grapes. They've got figs. They've got watermelons. Why don't we get up and see if the Lord will work for us and every step they're taking toward the Syrian army is not only going to fill their bellies, but it's going to bless the whole city that, amen, they've been kicked out of. A prophetic act of faith is putting into action. It's the woman with the issue of blood who says, I believe somehow if I can just get close enough to Jesus and touch the hem of his garment. I shall be made whole. A prophetic act of faith is Peter walking by a lame man who's been lame from his mother's womb. He doesn't just say, hey man, that's cool. We're glad you're here. I hope you feel better soon. No, he reaches out to him and he says, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And then Peter, the prophetic act of faith was, he lifted him up. And as soon as he did, the Bible says, strength came into that man's legs. And he began walking and leaping and praising God. Amen. I don't know what your prophetic act of faith is today, but maybe you can say, you know what, Lord? I sort of forgot about what I promised and what you told me. But Lord, I'm just going to step out and believe you to finish what you started in me. (laughs) He that hath begun a good work. So would you stand with me? Brother Ethan, if you would just come to the keyboard. Thank you for your patience and your attentiveness today. We've been circling a prayer for 20 years. Prophet Eli Hernandez, who passed away, in 2020 with COVID that's one of the great mysteries to me I don't understand it but we trust the Lord at the old building when we first launched to relocate he said the Lord says my provision is in the land Has anybody ever heard that phrase? We've been circling that for 20 years. Batterson said some guy gave him $3 million. Another Baptist, he said a Baptist church shut down and gave him the building. I thought, God, am I backslid? (laughs) So... I feel a little bit foolish doing this today. I'm really stepping out on a limb. But this is, I want you to join with me. This is our prophetic act of faith today. Can you see it over there? This is a prophetic act of faith. I'm saying that one of these days, I'm going to hold in my hand, and I'm going to let you hold it before we cash it, a check from the land buyer who says, I'm giving you a million dollars for that piece of property so that you can finish the job, you can finish your vision, you can wipe out the mortgage. Amen. God said it. Listen, God said this. I didn't say this. I didn't make it up this is my prophetic my prophetic act of faith yes. Lord Jesus I stand in this house that you gave us what this church has done is unusual and extraordinary and these people have poured out and they've given sacrificially and Lord we need you to come through We need you, Lord, to send us this buyer. Lord, we want to stand on this platform with this check. Lord, in Jesus' name, you can send him to us, Lord. They can find us. It's going to happen. It's only a matter of time. I want you to lift your hands and declare it. Come on, lift your hands and prophesy it, Lord. Yeah. Come on, we're going to tell our children about this and our grandchildren. The pastor stood up and made a fool of himself with a million dollar prophetic check. And look what God did. Look, this is not some shenanigan. This is not some gimmick. I, I won't let anybody walk out of here thinking that. No way. This is what God said. I never said it. I can't even come up with that. So who today is saying within yourself, I need breakthrough in 2022. I need God to change something in my life. You know what? Your prophetic act of faith in response to the word of the Lord today, you could just take a step perhaps into the altar perhaps into the aisle or not even move, but just open your heart and say, God, I am believing you for something magnificent. Lord, I need help in my marriage. I need strength. I need a job change. I need my finances to be blessed. I need, Lord, my children, Lord, to come out of addiction and all the mess they're in. Come on, mother, father. Come on, young person, take a step. You might feel foolish. Madison wrote about a farm community that needed rain and the farmers got together to pray and one farmer came in waiters. Hallelujah. Somebody needs to dress for a miracle right now. Just dress for a miracle. Dress for a miracle. Come on. Speak it. Say, my daughter's coming back home. My son's coming back to the gospel of Jesus Christ. My business that has struggled in the name of the Lord is coming alive in the name of Jesus. That's it. Come on. Come on. Somebody prophesy it. Don't you ever get tired of talking to God about your mountain? Why don't you start talking to your mountain about your God? Jesus said, speak to the mountain. Speak to the mountain. That's it. Hallelujah. Oh, come on. We need somebody with bold faith. We need somebody with radical faith. We need somebody to take a step and say, God, I don't understand it all, but I'm speaking it right now. I believe in you for it right now in the name of Jesus. That's it. That's it. That's it. Come on. Go after it. Come on. The Holy Ghost is moving right now. God is bringing back prodigals. Hallelujah. The dry bones are coming together. I'm taking a step right now. I'm taking a step right now. I'm going to act on my faith right now jesus said it and i believe it don't quit praying mother don't quit praying father that's it that's it that's it we're seeking god